If you, if you need a fan, there's one in the back, or maybe two. Uh, do do be praying one for another. Remember to pray for uh, Brother Y'all's family. Reached out again this afternoon. Just told him if they needed anything to let us know. And so at this point, um, Captain, uh, he said thank you. Uh, but just remember to pray for them. Also continue to pray for Brother uh, Chuck and lift him up in prayer at uh, uh, Baptist Health Room 498. Remember that. Remember Debbie, Sister Jean's cousin. that in your prayers. Uh, of course, all of those on our prayer request list, remember our, our country, remember those that are lost, and uh, just remember that. Any others? Unspoken request from Brother Jerry's sister Joanne, Brother Jerry's sister. Virginia, remember that. Remember that. All right, stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Continue praying for one another. Brother Don, remember him as he's got the upcoming test in August. Brother uh, Johnny, continue to pray for him. And then I'll see the doctor on the 11th for uh, surgery updates, possibilities. The way I feel today, I'd take it tomorrow, but I'll, I'll see what God wants. Brother Johnny, will you open us tonight? Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to be here. We thank you, Lord, for this uh, country that we live in. Father, we thank you for the food we want and the gifts, Lord, that you put in our hands. We thank you for the land that you give to us and the way that you give to us. Lord, wherever we live, we thank you all for your glory and your salvation. Yes, Lord. Go ahead and grab your red book and turn to page 290. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to say we were going to do that one first. 
We will do that one.
sir. Uh, go ahead and turn to page 565.
message tonight would have been the message this morning. How many you want to hear this morning's message? I done preached it this morning, so I got tonight's message. Uh, I tell you, thought about uh, this morning when we left the house, we had prepared and, and really thought, you know, we knew what we'd preach on, but then on the way down here, just praying and meditating, the word that uh, just never would get out of our mind, and then, like I said, got here, and Brother Jerry uh, started talking to me about uh, some things that he'd shared in Sunday school class and different things, and it just kept going down the same road, and then just the Lord took over there, and... Uh, we just preached what he gave us. And I, I'm glad to say tonight that I'm thankful for what God does. Yeah. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. When I come here 15 years ago, um, I, there's some things that we, we, we got. You know, we got off to a real good start. I'm not going to lie about it. It took them three months to get to know me, three months to get to know you. And then we took the, full, we took the position uh, as pastor in October. But... Uh, one of the things we shared tonight, this afternoon, Brother Mike at the table was talking a minute, and I said, you know, when I got down here, I said, if I have to go by the bulletin, the bulletins go. That, that's the way it was. If, I, if the bulletin laid it out and you had to do it just like it said and nothing else could be done, then the bulletin has to go because God has to have his way. I mean, that's just the way it is. And not me, but God. And the other side of that, though, is, is God does have order. So there's nothing wrong with having order either. And so as long as we do what God would have us to do, we'll do things in order. If you got your Bibles this evening, go to the book of Genesis. I want to talk to you tonight, if I can, for just a minute, about an everlasting God who has an everlasting covenant is what we'll end up with. And by the way, he is everlasting to everlasting. And if you haven't got the thing tonight, the message of this sermon is everlasting all right genesis chapter 21 if you would stand with us tonight let us read just a couple of verses we'll go over in prayer and then we'll be we'll let you sit down chapter 21 verse 22 it came to pass at that time that Amalek and uh Fakul, now i don't pronounce these right the chief captain of the host of abraham saying or of, of chief captain of his host spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee, and all thou dost. Now therefore swear unto me here by God that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, or son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me, and that where thou shalt journ. And I missed my verse there. Says I all right. Jumping too far ahead there. Jump down with me if you would then. And it goes on in verse 32. And thus made thus they made a covenant at Beersheba. And Amalek arose and up Phicol, the chief captain of the host. And they turned to the land of the Philistines. And Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. Father, tonight I pray, Lord, help me that I can do that which you'd have me to do and be that which you'd have me to do, be and say that which you'd have said. Lord, I thank you tonight for the blessings and the promises you give. 
And I praise you, Father, tonight in Jesus' name. And amen. And amen. If you would be seated tonight. I'm just so thankful this evening to think about this. I'm glad tonight to know that I have an everlasting God that I can call on. If you start to think about some things this evening, and I know that I got too far ahead and messed up in looking at my verses there, uh, but, but just think about it this way tonight. And, and I thought about this on the way, way over to Kaylin Jacobs this afternoon. The Bible plainly tells us that we, if we choose the blessings of God, if we choose to obey God, that God will bless us. But if we choose to disobey God, that God will curse us. He said he set before us a blessing and a cursing. And one of the things that I have figured out in my lifetime, and I hope that you have by now in yours, is that if you put your faith and your trust in the Word of God, you put your faith and your trust in God, that God has a promise that doesn't change tomorrow. His, his promise and His Word stays the same. That's why, again, and I, as I was thinking about this, and I printed them out this morning, and, and I, I, I know I didn't use it this morning, and I pray God to help me tonight because I just don't want to get my mind all messed up there. But God is an everlasting God. And, and if you think about it this way, his ever, the fact that he's an everlasting God means that he's the same God that Abraham called on. And by the way, go back even further than that. He's the same God that walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. And so he's the same God that Abraham called on and Abraham trusted in. And we'll get down to Abraham had a covenant with. And he's the same God today. Yeah. And tomorrow, he's still going to be the same God. His, his word is everlasting. It's everlasting. In Jeremiah chapter 10, I won't have you turn to all these tonight, but just think about it this way. It says this, but the Lord is the true God. Now I want you to think about it. We're going to change the word here just for a second because of the way that I, come, I put them out there. But it says that the Lord is the true God. Nobody else but God is that what? You and I, we, we're really existing, but, but is there absolute truth, so to say, in us as individuals? Do we not mess up? Do we not have our problems? Our circumstances not changing with us sometimes, but with God, God is the true God. And then it says in declaration here, he is the living God. And the next thing I like this, and this is the reason why we got it in here, and an everlasting king. I'm just telling you not there has been kings coming here and there and up and down and so forth and so forth. And, and if time goes on, who knows who's going to be a king someday somewhere. But here's the deal. He is the everlasting king. And his kingship never changes hands. I like that. You know, I can be a prince. You can be a prince or a princess, so to say. But when it comes to having our king, he's the everlasting king. By the way, if you go back and you start to study there and you find in the book of Samuel uh, when God uh, uh, had Saul anointed there, it really was disheartening to God uh, because God wanted to be the king of Israel. He, and not just the king of Israel in the sense that they had a king, but he wanted to be the one that they focused on. And they desired an earthly king. And I'm going to tell you something. Ever since that time, it has been messed up. Because yeah. no man can do what God does. No matter how good David was, he was still an earthly king. 
God made promises to David that exist today and things that we're trusting in and counting on and depending in today. But when it comes to God, he said the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath, the earth shall tremble. Remember, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And nations shall not be able to abide his indignation. When God says it's done, it's done. All through the Bible, we see these things that are going on. And I'm going to tell you something. There are some people who do not believe that there's coming a time when things are going to be done away with. But I'm here to tell you there's coming a time when we will stand before God. And I must be honest with you tonight, church. I don't care if it's your children, my children, somebody else's children, uh, grandchildren, or who it is. Uh, when the time is appointed unto men to go out of this walk of life and things to be done, if we're not right with God, we're not going with God. That's just the simplicity of it. And you know, I don't know tonight, but think about it this way. As much as we love our children and love our grandchildren, we cannot love them into heaven. That's a choice that they have to make. And you and I do not have to realize that. Be the light, be the example. Show them the Lord. Show them the true God. Show them the everlasting God. Show them the living God. Because my God's not dead. He's still alive. Isaiah chapter 40. If you want to go over there, we'll be in Isaiah a couple times this evening, but Isaiah chapter 40. Running backwards there. We'll just go ahead and start in verse 28. And I say running backwards there. In first chapter 40, verse 28, it says this, Hast thou not known? Let me go back one. That's why I kept I wanted to go back one. In the chapter, excuse me. You forgive me tonight. I'm trying to not mess up what I did and repeat what I was. Verse 25. To whom then will you liken me? Now remember he's the, and we read in Jeremiah, which I know is, is after Isaiah, but, but that was the reason in putting it in the note. He is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. And then he says this, or he says this prior to this, and this is the question. We already made a declaration. To whom then will you liken me? Or who shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Is there anybody that compares to God? I mean, after all, it's like I said this morning, the first book of the first first verse in the Bible says, In the beginning, God created. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, so we, have a, we have a witness, and, or a, a testimony, and a witness. So Old Testament, New Testament, it all goes back there. And God is asking, who is like me? Is there anybody like me? There's nobody like God. He was there before anything was. And you know what? If it all was done away with, he'd be there after it was all gone. God spoke it into existence. God didn't start with the creation of the earth. God created the earth. He, he spoke that in. Hey, before there was, and I don't know what it was, but before there was this, there was still God. It makes you think a little bit more about the song, Who Am I? <laughs> that a king would live and die for. says, lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? 
that bringeth our out their host by number. He calleth them all by name, by greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest thou, Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Hast thou not known, here's the question, church, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that hath no might, he increases strength. And then we know the next three verses there. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not faint. Or they shall run and not be weary. Or they shall walk and not faint. And you go back and you have to ask the question there. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching in his understanding. Hey, church tonight, God is not like you and me. I'm glad. Can, can you say this tonight? He, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. We think about the beginning, but he's also the one who establishes the end. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. When the end of this earth comes, our heavenly home is forever. That's created. But he fainteth not. How many of you ever felt faint, fainting? I'll tell you what, one day, I remember Zach and Mariah and Kayla and Jacob, they was all getting ready up here. They was going to a banquet uh, over there in Van Buren there. And they was here, and we was uh, taking pictures of them. I, can, I was standing back there in the foyer, and the next thing I know, I fell through the door there into the nursery and was on my backside looking up. i tell you what, I fainted. There's been times in my life when I fainted. I can remember sometimes. Sometimes I don't remember. But you know what? We do. We're not like God. God doesn't ever faint. There's nothing that surprises God to where he faints. and nothing that shocks God to where he faints. And by the way, there's nothing too big for God that causes him to hyperventilate and faint. God never got anxiety. Man, I'll tell you what, you ever had that? I've had it. God never got weak in the knees. <laughs> He'd never been afraid. God is so good, so wonderful, so, so magnificent. It's just amazing what God can do and what God will do. And remember, if we go back and we think about it this way, he's the everlasting God, everlasting king. And again, we're talking about the everlasting God, but he's the creator. And, the, and, I, and I've got another one there, and I don't want to get ahead and get into a different message there. And I'm almost careful this morning or this evening. Miss my, but, but he is a sure foundation. So when he talks about in, in this one here, he said the Lord created the ends of the earth. He's the one who's got it in hand. And it's not going anywhere until he's ready for it to. This earth is not everlasting, but the one who created it is. Romans chapter 16, you don't have to go there again. I said we'll read right back into the book, Isaiah there, so hang on there. 
chapter 16, verse 26, but now is manifest by the scriptures, the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known unto all the nations of the obedience of faith. Listen to me. Now is made manifest. God is sharing it with us. Remember Romans chapter 1, for God showed himself unto them. God's not been a secret church. He's been out there. But you think about it this way. He starts off in Romans 1 telling he's been there. He ends up in Romans 16 telling him he's been there. Now is made manifest by the scriptures and the prophets. Hey, that's what you and I have tonight to see that God is an everlasting God. The Bible is the testimony of God to you and I. And by the way, it's also the testimony of what God will do for you and I. And he can do it. Why? Because he's everlasting. Then you jump back into Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah chapter 26. <clears throat> Go with me to verse 1. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will be God. Salvation will God appoint for walls and for bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Here's a promise now that God will help us. And then it says in verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I like that. Because i got problems with strength. You know, we go to the doctor, and I've been going there a lot late. Got an issue in my neck. And, and one of the questions on there, it, it talks about, uh, do you feel weak? And I'm thinking to myself, as old as I'm getting, and I know I'm not old as old, and I'm not young as young, but by faith, as old as I'm getting, should I not begin to feel a little weak? I'm not as strong as I was when I was 20. And so what do you mean by, do you feel weak? Things get a little heavier as time goes on there. How, how do I judge that? So here's the deal. As time's been going on and I've been going to the doctor and I begin to go out there and I feel the things are going on, I thought, you know what? That used to feel a little lighter than what it did today. But aren't you glad with God? God, nothing feels a little lighter. <laughs> it's just as heavy as it ever was, which is pretty light to God. It doesn't change with him. He's got everlasting strength, by the way, which means he can get us from where we are to where we're going and, and never be any different than what it is. And, and I, I was reading today on, on the wall there, Kayla's Hallway, going down there in Jacob's house, and, and I read it, and I, don't get, I won't get it all right there, uh, but it said that, that God will never take you to a place or call you to go to a place where his grace will not get you to or through there somehow. See, God will never send you where he's unwilling to go. And by the way, he won't send you where he's not strong enough to handle. His word is never diminished. It's just as powerful today as it ever was. His promises are just as powerful as they ever were. 
And, and whenever I hear people and I start talking about the promises and the covenant that, that God gave with Abraham back in the Old Testament and the things that God said to Israel there in, in Deuteronomy and stuff, and people say, well, Brother Ernie, that was then, that was then, that was then. I'm going to tell them this. Hey, the same God that was then is the same God that's today. And when God makes a promise, he don't break it. And then I love my favorite verses of, that I get to use with that. Well, that was for the Jews. So I just go over to the book of Romans and I say this. He said, he is not a Jew that is one outwardly, but he that is one inwardly. Not the circumcision of the flesh, but the circumcision of the heart. See, I am an adopted heir. With Christ Jesus. I'm a joint heir, the Bible says. And if my God is an everlasting God, and he has everlasting strength, he's an everlasting king. Church, can I just say this? I'm not trying to jump too far ahead, but he's everlasting to everlasting. But the problem quiet is this. He makes everlasting covenants. That'll be the last one we get to. And you can go over to the book of Psalms if you want to, and you could read these. And I will, uh, after service, I'll make copies, folks, and I'll, I'll hand them out to you. I didn't have time tonight, running behind. My apologies. Psalms 41 says this in verse 13 Bless the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen, amen. <laughs> That's the way it's written. Everlasting to everlasting. Amen, amen. Amen and amen. Then, then this one here, 106 and 48, blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, amen, praise the Lord. You, you, ever, you ever done a reading in church? I, I don't know what they're called there, the, the doxologies or whatever it is there. And the, and, the, and the pastor or somebody, that he reads one verse, and then the people read another verse. And I, I've seen it done in different denominations there. And, and there are some that I've been in, and the, and the preacher or whomever was up there, and he would read something, and the response of the people would be a certain thing. It wasn't, and, and it might be written down there, but it wasn't a reading of the verse. It was just a response there. But did you read what the Bible says here. There are times that the word of God is telling us exactly what to say, how to say it, and even telling us with what emphasis to say it. So again, bless the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let the people say, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. And then you think about this, 103 and 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness under the children's children. If you stop and think about that one at night, here's a promise we ought to be holding up and we ought to be standing on and we ought to be putting out there of that God, he, he is the everlasting God. But listen, his mercy is everlasting. He said, upon them that fear him. And I don't know about you, but I want to be under the mercy of God. That's why I'm trusting in the grace of God. Standing here tonight with my faith in God. He's everlasting to everlasting. It's like I said this morning, you'll either have a glorified everlasting body that's prepared for heaven, 
or you'll have another body. It's going to be everlasting. It's prepared for hell. You're going one of those two places, church. It's just that simple. One of the two places is the only two places we got. And, and, and when we get to where we're going, we're not getting out. It's not a time slot or time stare. It's not a, a, a sentence, you know. And think about it this way. A lot of folks do wrong in this walk of life. And I think sometimes they think God's the same way there. How about they do something wrong and they have to go off to jail or they get put on probation. After a little while, they're either out of jail or they're off probation. Uh, they still kind of get washed, but not like they used to be. How about anyways, now they think they got it all done. They're set free. They go on. Hey, hell is forever, church. You and I are not getting out of hell just because we feel like we've served our sentence, we've done our thing. And if you think about it this way, what is a life sentence in jail? It just means you're there until the natural end of your life. Well, we don't have a life sentence to hell. We have an everlasting because it doesn't end. Heaven is everlasting. Hell is everlasting. Psalms 90 and verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, ever there heard storm the earth and the world from even from everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. The psalmist got it right, church. When you start to think about who is and what is and how is, it's that way. Like I said, then the last five times, not, and I'm going to tell you something about you know me long enough. I love numbers. Brother Mike was here last year in November, and he'll be again here in September. And, and think about this. He talks about the number five being the number of grace or the number of death. And, and if you go through the book of Genesis and you read there the genealogy starting off there, there the, every, most, every one of them, and I say this, every one of them but one is mentioned five times, and it's after that and after this, and he lived this year and then died. Enoch didn't do that. Enoch was mentioned three times or four, and Enoch was not, for God took him. Think about it. But the number five also being the number of grace. And the everlasting covenant mentioned five times in Scripture. That's God's grace to you and I. I'm going to tell you something. That means something to me. God, God is a God of mercy, and God is a God of grace. And the last time it's mentioned, it's mentioned in Hebrews. And what do we know about Hebrews? Hebrews is the book that tells us all about what transpired, what, what, was, what used to be and what happened, so now what is. It used to be sins were rolled ahead. Jesus died, and now sins are forgiven. I like that. Brother Greg Lyons preached a little bit on that this morning, and I'd love to have him up here. I don't have to talk to him about coming this far down. He, he's up in the Boxley Mountains. This would be a long drive downhill for him. Genesis 9 and 16. And the bow shall be in the clouds. And I will look upon it that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And this is the promise that God gave Noah after he flooded the earth. And, and God put a bow in the sky, promising that he would never destroy the earth again uh, by flood. But we know in the book of Peter there exquisitely, we read it this morning, that one day this old world is going to melt with a fervent heat. And I, and I thought about this, and, I, and I'll chase this rabbit just a second. I'll get back in the, in the hunt here. But, but 
if you think about it this way, the Bible tells us that there would come a time you would not know one season from another. And I told Brother Gary this morning, I don't like that verse because here's the deal. If it's going to melt with a fervent heat, then we're going to get stuck in summer sometimes. And personally, I like fall and spring the best. I don't like to get super cold, but I don't like to get super hot. But one of these days, summer's going to get stuck. You think about that. If it just gets hotter and hotter, by the way, that's not global warming. That's God's warning. There's a great big difference there, church. But God gave them a bow with seven colors in it, by the way. Not the homosexual six-colored flag, and they're trying to take on the seventh color because they want to say that it's God's colors. I'm telling you something. God does not have a color for them other than black unless they'll get saved and get out of that lifestyle. And I say that openly, willingly, and honestly, because I've got family in it. I'm here to tell you, church. I, I, I won't tell them any different than I tell any of you. If you don't, they don't change their way, they don't get out of that, get right with God, they ain't going to heaven. I don't care who they are. It doesn't work that way, church. You don't go against God and go to heaven. God made a bow in the sky for an everlasting covenant, an everlasting promise, and it doesn't change. I, I, I was out here the other day when we was cleaning up the baptistry last Saturday. They're cleaning up the baptistry, and you know, I, I'm just this kind of way. And, and and I was thinking about this water hose that's out here, and I was I was messing around there, and and, and I thought, well, you know what? I need to flush that out before I bring it in here and put it in the baptistry. So I'm flushing it out. And then I've got this silly idea that I'm just going to kind of spritz it, you know, build up a little pressure so when you let off of it, it'll shoot the gunk out there a little bit better. But when I did that, I made a bow. The mist of the water and the sun coming through there, there was a rainbow. So you know what I did? I stood there and held it a little longer since I may have to pay some of the water bills. But I was watching the bow. I'm just telling you, church, God made a promise. And you know what? It shows up. God's promises don't change. They don't go away. I made a little bowl there and watched it for a few minutes. Genesis 17 and 7, he said, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Can I tell you something this evening, church? When God makes a promise, he keeps it. Remember, Abraham was not the first one to be promised to. Uh, we had the, the promises back in the Garden of Eden there. As long as Adam and Eve did what God said to do, they were going to be blessed and be fruitful. They were going to stay in the garden. Uh, but they broke that and God sent them out of the garden. Uh, God made a promise to Adam that he would work by the sweat of his brow. A church did we not work by the sweat of our brow. He made a promise to Eve and I've never had this one church. Uh, but she would have pain in childbirth. And I don't know a woman yet who didn't have some pain in childbirth. Some of them didn't get any anesthesia and went through the whole thing. And some of them said, I'll get through it. And then they said, give me some anesthesia. You know? But his promises to bless our everlasting covenants too. It's things that happen, church. Promises given. An everlasting covenant to be the God unto thy seed and to thy seed's seed. 
and I will just say this, if you go back, every one of us today come from Noah and his family. You say, Brother Ernie, I don't know about that. If there was only eight of them alive when they got off the ark, everybody come from Noah. And I believe we were the, they were the only eight alive when they come off the ark. I believe we all started in Adam. The Bible tells us that. God swear it was, wherever it was, however many it was, it was when God destroyed it and God spared eight. So from the two, there was thousands or whatever it was, and then there was eight. And from those eight is now what is in the world today of all languages and tongues scattered throughout the world. It all started back there. And God made a promise. He said, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? That he is my God and he is your God because he promised back then to be our God. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 3, Incline your ear and come unto me and hear, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Now, here we get here. Here's, here's where I'm talking about Jesus and getting down there. Remember what I said a while ago. He said, an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. What was David promised? That if he served God, there would not fail to be a man to sit on the throne. And David served God. And now we have King Jesus. And he sits on the throne of David. And by the way, he's the everlasting king. He don't lose his kingship. The throne don't change hands no more. Ezekiel 37 and 26. I'm trying to get through these, get into Hebrews here. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. And God was talking about his children, Israel, there. He was talking about those that would put their faith and their trust in him. He, he, he makes this promise, and it's a sure promise to know this, that God has a desire to be uh, in our lives, in our hearts. He, he's wanting to sit in the proper place. Why does the devil want to sit in the throne of the north? He wants to sit in the hearts and the minds of men. Uh, but God has already promised that if we'll put our faith and our trust in him and follow him, he will sit and occupy that space. Then Hebrews chapter 13. You jump over there. Verse 18. There's always been a lot of debate on Hebrews. I, I honestly think that Paul wrote Hebrews. Kind of mentioned in there to some aspect. Some people don't believe that. Some people don't believe it belongs in the Bible. But I don't not only believe it belongs there. I believe Paul wrote it and I believe it's right where it ought to be. Because it does a lot of explaining. You know what Paul? Paul said that he was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Pharisee of the Pharisee. I mean, he, he knew the rules. He knew everything that he needed to know. And by that, he used the Old Testament to convince, of the, convince those in the New Testament of Christ. That's a perfect book for that conversation. 
Verse 18 says, Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. But I beseech you that you rather do this that I may restored or be restored to you the sooner. Now the God of peace, now just think about this, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. And it says there what the blood of bulls and goats could not do. Jesus giving or shedding his own blood for you and I made this everlasting covenant. Excuse me. And so he says that. Now the God of peace, we, we done read that. He's, he is the God of peace. And, and he said that he wanted us to have peace back here. And, and I read that this morning. Jesus told us in John 16 and 33, he said he wanted to give us peace. A church, God's always wanted to give us peace. But the peace that we know tonight has come through the promises of God through Jesus Christ. An everlasting covenant that was signed and sealed and made in blood. That's why I, I, I'll tell you something. When I started searching the word everlasting and started coming across these things, I was really, it just just made me happy. The God of peace that bought, brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. That great shepherd of the sheep. He's not just a shepherd, he's that great shepherd. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. I like the way it was put this morning. The blood was not spilt. The blood was shed. The blood was poured out. It was given. It wasn't spilt there. And, 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 I, and I've never thought about it that way. Uh, but, but when I say that, I, we were listening to a preacher on the way down. And, and I thought to myself, that, that's right. He, they didn't spill it. Every drop went where it was supposed to go. So he says, make you perfect in every good work to do his will. Working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Again, the Bible tells us what we're supposed to do right there. We give him glory forever and ever. And I will say this. I don't think you can truly glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in this life and be lost. Now, you can say glory, that don't make you saved. I just said, I don't think you can truly glorify him and be lost. Because if you truly glorify him, you will have to come to the understanding of who he really is. And this is just as simple as this tonight. He's the everlasting God. He's the everlasting king. He has an everlasting strength. He is from everlasting to everlasting. And by the way, he has an everlasting covenant. And that's what you and I are promised to have. And that's why I'm here tonight. Trusting in his everlasting covenant. Jesus Christ, will you stand with us this evening?
Father, tonight we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you, dear God, for the promises that you give us through thy word. And Lord, tonight, I, I'll be honest, I feel like I just haven't done it justice. But God, I know tonight, Father, that whether I do what we might consider it justice or not, you can do with it what you desire. So I pray, Heavenly Father, this evening help us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. And help us and make us what we need to be for thine own sake. And these are the promises, God, we stand in tonight. And we put our faith in you. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. And amen. And amen. I'm so thankful tonight for all that God has done. And I'll tell you the truth tonight, church, 